0: Coming at you live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas,
1: this is Bobcat Radio.
2: Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans. It is a marvelous Monday morning, and I'd like to welcome you all to another episode of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Orlando Smart, and today I'm joined by my producer, Kobe Jackson, and co-host Joey Gonzalez. We have a jam-packed show for you today here on the 6th of March that is filled with plenty of Rattler and Bobcat sports, but first, over to Joey for a word from our sponsor.
1: Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu
2: at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you, Joey. Now let's get the show started with some Texas State baseball. The Bobcats traveled to Arizona to face the Grand Canyon Lopes in a weekend series that they lost two games to one. Texas State opened the the weekend with a 3-5 loss to the Lopes, but was able to rally and shut out the Lopes in the next game, 3-0, but then was ultimately shut out in the last game of the season. I mean in the of the series 11 to 0. So, I mean like what do you what do you guys think happened to the Bobcats over the course of those games?
0: I mean, it was kind of a rough weekend for the Bobcats cuz you know all the games that, you know, they were they were trying to get against uh, Grand Canyon was honestly I thought it was going to be pretty easy, but honestly it was it was pretty tough for them and honestly I was looking I was looking at the stats uh, earlier on before I came here and you know the Bobcats really couldn't get anything going offensively for the first game and this in the last game that they played Uh, especially the last game because they didn't have any runs uh, they didn't have any runs scored getting shut out 11 to nothing in the last game I mean that's that's rare because you know you normally I mean I can't remember the last time the Bobcats were shut out in uh, at least in the season so uh, it was kind of you know, kind of shocking the fact that they did lose like that. But I mean I mean, Grand Canyon is a very tough team in baseball. So I mean, it was it was a tough, tough weekend for the Popcats. But I mean, they have a chance to redeem themselves. I know you know getting a win out of a three game series is I get it's not good enough, but I mean it, that's that that's usually how baseball goes sometimes.
1: Yeah, hey, Grand Canyon's a really good opponent. The first game a little bit of a struggle losing that one five to three. But, I mean, they got back to typical Bobcat baseball on Saturday with the 3-0 victory, Nathan Medrano with the victory. I mean, Texas State looked like themselves, but one thing that really cost them this weekend, 18 runners left on base. It's tough to win baseball games whenever you're stranded that many guys, and it just comes down to small ball hitting. We know this is a Texas State team that can put the ball over the fence, but when it when it matters, this is a, this is a team who needs to find a way to capitalize with runners on base and i think that's one of their biggest struggles in this early season
2: yeah definitely um one thing we've talked about in the past seasons is just i mean not in the past season just these past games this season is the bobcats ability to score outside of the long ball they've been they've been slam marks is definitely back in full effect they've having no problem hitting the ball out of the park but those base hits and just rbis without the home runners just something they need to focus on and I definitely think Coach Trout can get them back to where they are, get them back to what, they, what they're what they really good at, because last season they were really good at getting on base and just driving those runs in. So they have a upcoming game tomorrow against the UTSA Roadrunners, so what do you guys think they need to do to, to pull out a win there? Well, UTSA and
1: Texas State, every single time they play, those are powerhouse teams. There's going to be lots of high-scoring baseball. Expecting a lot of the same – uh, this week, midweek game against UTSA. Just Texas State needs to find a way to get back into the groove of things. Following that eleven nothing loss, you got to think that Texas State wants to come out here, put some runs on the board, and just get back to Bobcat baseball.
0: Yeah, and you you pretty much nailed what I was gonna say because you know I know last year when these two played each other, it was always a high scoring game. You know, I know me and you were talking before uh, before we went on air about. You know, giving up those runs, they would have a big dominant lead, and then all of a sudden, UTSA can just come storm back in a harpy and give the Bobcats a scare. And we saw a lot of that last year. But honestly, it's a but you know, as we say, it's a new year. It's a different year for the Bobcats, uh, for them to possibly you know redeem themselves from last year. Because I want to say they, I want to say they're split. Because then because UTSA played they played each other twice last year. I believe UTSA won the first one. Then Texas State rebounded and won back here. So I mean, it's gonna be. It's going to be another game it's going to be another awesome game between these two and I we call it the I-35 rivalry down here in you know San Marcos and obviously in San Antonio as well so I mean I guess you could say a rivalry is is being renewed for these two teams and you know just hope the Bobcats can you know try to get something
1: going
2: Yeah I'm looking at it right now and you're right they did um split that series last season and I mean those were two high very high scoring games first game sent Texas State won the game 14 to 12. And then the second game, UTSA won the game 14 to 8. So I mean, needing 14 wins 14 runs to win the game is I mean, that's a lot for, for a baseball game. But we're gonna move next door to the Texas State softball team. Let's see, the um the Bobcats. Ooh, let's see. The Bobcats uh traveled to back boca raton florida where the they participated in the owl classic they went four and one in this weekend series and one thing we've been talking about this season is the bobcats ability to bounce back and that's exactly what they did they lost that first game to the winthrop owls four to eight and then they were able to bounce back and sweep the rest of the tournament so how do you guys feel about the season for or the series for the bobcats there
0: i mean coming off of the texas state classic tournament that i know we had the privilege of doing a uh, for KTSW, I mean, coming, you know, going off of that, I mean, a really spectacular job. I know the one loss to Winthorpe kind of really, I guess you could say it set the tone for the 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 softball team. But I mean, other than that, it just went, they just coasted because they after losing the winter, they've only given up one run out of all the rest of the, the games that they played. And honestly, that's that's pretty big. And we were talking about how they would be tested on the road or at least in a neutral site. So, I mean, kudos to the Bobcats for getting, you know, very good wins, especially to, you know, tough teams. But, you know, it's now going to get tougher because the next tournament they're going to be in is going to be insanely tough because they got to deal with, you know, a Big Ten team, a, a SEC team and a Big 12 team in, in Texas. So, I mean, this is, I mean, great job for the Bobcats. But honestly, I think Coach uh, Ricky Warder is really trying to step up, you know, step up the fundamentals for the
1: Bobcats so that way they can, you know, improve y'all yeah, made a lot of good points you talked about orlando you talked about bouncing back that's what this bobcat team has done pretty much every single time they've lost this year kobe you talked about being on the road their first road game i mean they were on a long home st- home stand to begin the season so finally going on the road they lost that first road game and then after that they got back to the way texas state softball plays and i mean none of these games were really close they played Penn on friday on Friday evening or Friday morning nine to nothing and then the victory against Winthrop on Saturday five nothing and then to the last point I wanted to comment on about what Kobe said it's going to be a difficult challenge coming up at the Bevo Classic on Friday back-to-back games against Wisconsin they play Alabama and then not an easy ending as you face off against ut and their following game the week after that is against texas tech during spring break so the texas state has a lot of difficult matchups coming up but i think this is perfect to really test yourself going into sunbelt conference play
2: definitely like that that game against ut is going to be the the kicker there the ut softball team is 17 2 and 1 this season i mean everyone knows just how good they usually are so I mean the the Bobcats they know what they're they'll be up against so I feel like they'll definitely be able to be able to use some of that momentum that they've been building all season and I mean so like y'all said the the Bobcats will look to increase that win streak that they've been building off of as they travel to Austin this weekend and participate in the Bevo Classic. They'll have games against the Wisconsin Badgers in a back-to-back game series, the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Texas Longhorns. But we're going to take a moment for a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about the upcoming Sunbelt Conference Championship for the women's basketball team, as well as the final games for the San Marcos Rattlers and the Texas State men's basketball team. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to this Monday edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Orlando Smart. And in the studio with me today, I have my producer, Kobe Jackson, and my co-host, Joey Gonzalez. Like I said right before the break, let's get right into the Texas State women's basketball team, who is part, who will be participating in the Sun Belt Conference championship um, when, uh, tomorrow. And I mean that game. These girls have been killing it this season. These this is the final game, and this this game will give them a chance to play in the tourna- in the like the national tournament. So, yeah. what do these girls have to do to go out there and win this game? I mean. What
0: more can you say? Because we've been talking about this this girls' basketball team and how fundamentally sound they are, and how everything has been just clicking for them offensively. I know defensively is where they really struggle. Because I know we saw you know games like J- against James Madison, who they are playing actually today. The game's going to be today yeah. at one o'clock. One at o'clock. one o'clock. Sorry about that. No, nah, you good? No, it's okay. Um, so, but was, uh, what was I saying? Oh yeah, James Madison. And against Troy, who they were battling for the number one spot earlier on in the year, uh, you know we saw a lot of you know traps that they were that they that you know Troy and James Madison both were doing, and it actually worked in their favor because you know Bobcats really couldn't get any shots going; they really couldn't get their offense you know offense moving. So I mean. This is going to be, I think, a real test for them. And, you know, we mentioned Tiana Eaton and Kennedy Taylor, the real two star, uh, two stars on on this team. But honestly, I think everybody needs to be, you know, all in, all focused in and try to make sure that they all stay focused. Because this is probably one of the biggest games that the Bobcats basketball, you know, at least the women's side basketball team has ever had, at least in this, in least in history. So,
1: I mean, this is going to be a real fun matchup between these two. One of the biggest games in program history. Kobe just mentioned the Bobcats seeking their first NCAA tournament appearance since 2003. Texas State switched from Southwest Texas State to Texas State back in the year of 2003. So first time as Texas State that they're looking to go to the NCAA tournament. But just talking about some of the important players on this team Asia Hood. She scored 50 points in two games. She had a 30 piece against Southern Miss. That was tied for her game high this year. As Texas State really cruised against Southern Miss. That was a team who took them to overtime back at Strahan Arena earlier in the year. This team is red hot right now. This is exactly where you want to be. They always talk about going into tournaments hot, and this is the perfect time to be hitting your groove. And JMU beat them by four points last time. This is a Texas state team who could beat JMU. They had them going into the final couple minutes and JMU slipped away. So anything could happen. And a chance for the NCAA tournament is on the line at 1 PM.
2: Definitely. This JMU team is the number one seed. And like you said, Joey, they, that was a team that just beat the um, Bobcats by four points. And Kiki Jefferson is going to be the the key in this game. Yeah. She's She was the same. She played well in the last game. And I mean, If the Bobcats can find a way to can keep her under control, they have a chance to go on and win this game. But I mean, like you said, Joey, this game will be at 1 PM today and a win here. will send that the Texas state Bobcats to the NCAA NCAA tournament, but we're going to move on to the men's team and their season ended in defeat last night as the Bobcats fell to the Louisiana raging Cajuns 64 to 58 in the sunbelt tournament. And, After the season that the Bobcats had, I mean, I feel like this, they can't even be upset after, uh, uh, obviously you want to go as far, you want to go on and win the championship, but to be the 11th seed and to finally actually get some tournament wins this season after being the number one seed in the past season, in the past seasons, how do you guys feel about the, the way this season ended for the Bobcats? Yeah, Orlando, you're right. I mean, this is a Texas State team who didn't have a great regular season, but they
1: were able to come to the, come into the Sunbelt Tournament, and they were really able to capitalize. I mean, I predicted that this team would have a chance to make it to the semifinals, and that's mostly because they were healthy. They got a lot of guys back, mm-hmm. and I mean, they weren't completely healthy anyways in that tournament. Davion Coleman went down, so I mean— they, they were still facing their injuries, but you got to be excited with the way they they ended Sunbelt Conference play. Past couple of years, they've struggled in Pensacola. So to see them finally make a deep run was exciting. I mean, they dominated Old Dominion 65 36. That was a the team they lost by one point. Marshall, who has an NBA prospect on that team, they were able to beat him 71 68. And this game against Louisiana, I mean, they barely lost. They were within four. Within four points in the final minute of the ball game, Texas state went into the Sunbelt tournament. And I think they, they made a lot of Bobcat fans happy.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, going back to that Marshall game, I actually watched that game like live because I wanted to see in my, you know, strangely enough, my parents wanted to see them play because they haven't seen them play all year. So I was like, what better time for them to play play than the right now while they're in the tournament. But that game specifically, I mean, that was because honestly, I thought Marshall was probably going to go a little bit far, a little bit farther than Texas State would. But I mean, that was that was an unbelievable game, and uh, Marshall was one of the top teams in the conference, as far as the men's side of basketball goes. And you know, Texas State really truly showed that they belong up in that conversation. And obviously, being Georgia State and then Old Dominion were you know obviously you know obviously big a big deal. But beating Marshall, I think, really expanded, uh, this basketball group who had a lot, who has a lot of, a lot of talent on this team. And you know, obviously it did show it against Louisiana as well. I know that's a tough loss, but you know, Mason Harrell, and then, uh, Nigel Caesar, both of those guys who were outstanding this tournament. Uh, but I mean, it's a, was, that was a tough, tough loss for the Bobcats. And I know they were, I think they were looking far, uh, looking and going far into, you know, the conference championship, but, you know, unfortunately it just, it got cut short. And all I can say is that the Bobcats, even though the regular season didn't go as they planned, as they planned it, they had
2: an unbelievable, unbelievable tournament. I definitely agree. And I mean, even looking at that last game, going into halftime, they were down by almost ten. And then, like you said, there was a point in that where at the last minute of the game they were down by two points and they put a shooter on the free throw line, missed both free throws, and actually had an opportunity to get a rebound and then go down and score, but couldn't grab the rebound let the Raging Cajuns get an offensive rebound, and then they ended up scoring a really tough basket. Um, Jordan Brown hit like a fadeaway bank shot from the baseline to put them up four again, and kind of after that it was just they were just kind of fouling, just putting them on the free throw line, and the Raging Cajuns were able to knock their free throws down. But it's it was definitely a hard-fought game and just a just a testament to what the Bobcats were able to do this season because a lot of people probably didn't think they would make it this far. And mm-hmm. definitely, I mean, if you just look at the, the seedings of the teams they beat uh, or the teams they even had to play, Georgia State was the only team that was even well, the was below them or even close. The Old Dominion was number six seed. Marshall was the number three seed. Raging Cajuns were the number two seed. So as enough as the eleven seed, I definitely feel like they should be proud of what they were able to do. were able to accomplish in this tournament because not everyone can make it this far. and you're correct. and your regular season, like we said, it it definitely matters because like those top teams went just as far, but it's not the end all be all. You can you can play as you can have struggles and then once you get to that tournament everyone's record is zero zero, and they proved exactly why that's a why you should go into that tournament with that type of mentality but we're going to move on to the to the high school level and it was a very tough loss for the San Marcos Rattlers Uh, it was a very great season for them but ultimately they fell to the Brennan Bears 82 to 54 um I mean it was a very tough loss to a very, very good team. That Brennan team, I mean, they beat the Stony Point Tigers, who the San Marcos Rattlers lost to uh, in the in the round before that. So it was a very tough loss for them. How do you guys feel about that?
1: It was a historic year. Their first district championship in the 21st century, most wins in program history, the furthest they had made it in over 40 years. And San Marcos should be happy with how far they made it this year. They've faced a very difficult Brendan bears team who scored nearly 20 points in every quarter 82 points in a regional championship game is not easy to achieve. So hats off to Brendan on a, on a great game, but just going back to Sam Marcus, this is not something that these guys should be upset about. They, they really made this Sam Marcus community happy and best of luck to all those seniors that are getting ready to graduate.
0: Yeah. And for me, and I've lo- I, I swear I'm, it's like, a running, It's like a running gag every time I say this, you know, me being a San Marcos native and me being me seeing the community really show up and show out for the Rattlers at, as a school. It really, truly shows that they have so much love for not only just not only just for basketball, but for the Rattlers, just sports organization in general. And, you know, I can't I mean, as I know, as a as a San Marcos native, I'm supposed to, you know, Dog on them per se, and but I'm not. I, I I'm not doing that. You know, I'm 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 born and raised here. You know, I do. I want to you know be involved in wherever I can be with with the community, and I mean just going back on the season for the Rattlers, First of all, tough. That's a tough loss for the rattlers against Brennan because Brennan could not be. You just could not keep. Just could not be stopped. And you know they just kept the gas pedal going. And I know Joey. I was hearing you on the call saying, you know that when they were taking their final final exits in the game, it kind of it kind of sunk in because, like, everybody was really rooting for them to go far. And, I mean, like, legitimately far. I believe they were, like, two games away from, make, you know, obviously making state. So, I mean, what an unbelievable season. And, uh, obviously, being in a new district like we talked about with, you know, with Judson, Steele, Clemens, New Braunfels, the main powerhouses of the district, and then beating, you know, amazing teams like Clark, Westlake, who they played them last year, and then Reagan, who – of single hand who they beat single-handedly and then obviously warren and and i mean what an unbelievable unbelievable ride for the rattlers and like you said Kane and gums being a texas state commit and stuff hopefully you know if he doesn't if he doesn't change his mind hope he can bring some of that talent to texas state and possibly help the bobcats do some things but that's another discussion for another day and obviously Malik Presley as well. And but the good, I guess, the good thing out of all of this is that you know there's still young play. Uh, there's still a young player in Cash Good who's still going to be on this Rattler team because he's only a sophomore, so he has two more years left with head coach Dan Miller and this Rattlers team. So I mean, I guess you could say there is there is now leadership in the in that Rattlers team. So, but. Other than that, what an unbelievable season for the Rattlers. And, you know, honestly, looking forward to next year, because I know next year they're probably going to be even more hungrier than they are this year.
1: Yeah, Cash and Zyder Jolivet are two young guys that are going to be returning next year. And you got to think that was, like, the defensive heart of this team. Those were two of the top defensive players on this Rattler team. And in in his second year here at San Marcos, Dan Miller, I mean, he brought this team to another level. And, I mean... He's such a great coach, and you got to think what can he do next year with these guys because he mentioned that these guys are no longer young guys. They're experienced guys now oh, yeah. for how many games they played.
2: Yeah, definitely. So, you know what I mean? With, all the, with a lot of the players being seniors, it's definitely going to be a, a a lot of – there's not much, but, yeah, like you said, Cash Gears, I hear Joe Vallette. There's something there for Coach Dan Miller to build off. He's not losing his entire team like a, a lot of i mean that's kind of how it is when you get to the varsity level a lot of the players are seniors graduating players and so with that dan miller definitely he's shown that he can come into a program and since he's this is only his second year and this is how far he went it's definitely he's just been building momentum every year here so he definitely can have this team in the same position next year going in just with the the foundation that he has that he's been building but we're going to zoom out of the San Marcos area and kind of look at to the national level. There was just breaking news not too long ago that Derek Carr has, they're coming to agreements with him and the New Orleans Saints to sign a contract to be their starting quarterback. And I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Do you think guys think that's a great move for the Saints or Derek Carr specifically?
0: Well, I mean, this is kind of, Interesting, because Derek, well, because Derek Carr originally turned down the Saints, because I think Derek Carr wanted maybe a better offer from other teams in the league that were looking after, that were looking after him. But honestly, I think at this point, I think he was probably desperate and he needed he needed to be on a team. And uh you, know, you get now signing with the Saints, but I mean, the Saints honestly, I think really needed it because obviously Jameis Winston was hurt this past year, so Taysom Hill had to you know, take control of the rock for, uh, for the saints, uh, position. But I mean, the offense is still honestly roughly about the same. I know Michael Thomas played, you know, came back last year, got hurt again though, but I mean, he still played probably more games than he did the previous year. And then obviously Alvin, you know, Kamara is still back in the, in the backfield for the, the saints, so, uh, for the saints offense, excuse me. So, I mean, Looking at this, I think Derek Carr might have a strong possibility with the Saints. However, I honestly I don't see him possibly winning the division. I'll be totally wrong if somehow they make a crazy run in the regular season and they and they prove me wrong. But I know my dad is my dad is a big Raiders fan, and he was so happy when he found out that uh, Derek Carr was becoming a free agent because he, oh my god, I, I can go on and on about that. But I mean. Good for Derek Carr. Finally, I'm happy he I'm happy he finally has a team and stuff that he can go. But, I mean, we'll see where he goes because, you know, he's one of the, he's one of the, I guess you could say, good passers in the league. I know we talk about great passers and stuff, but he's one of the, you know, good passers in the league.
1: So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think it will be an improvement for the Saints. I mean, you talked about James Winston, Taysom Hill being their quarterbacks not great quarterback so I think Derek Carr, Derek Carr will be a good addition for this Saints team He couldn't be too picky I mean the teams that he was mentioned along with were the New York Jets and the Washington Commanders I mean I think if if you're to pick out of one of those teams I think he'd prefer to go to New Orleans but yeah, definitely I think he'll I think he'll improve this um, New Orleans team and hopefully make them if not division winners at least competitors in
2: the NFC South well yeah I mean and another quarterback the Saints had last year is Andy Dalton. So, I mean, yeah, they yep. definitely had a carousel of <laughs> Red rifle. mediocrity last year. So, I feel like Derek Carr is just a slight step above that. So, I mean, it should be an improvement. And if you look at the NFC South, the Buccaneers, only they had a losing record and won the division, and Tom Brady's gone. So, I mean, the NFC South is wide open, and I feel like Derek Carr can win the Saints a game or two more than they, because they went 7-10 and 10 last year, and nine uh a nine and uh, six record would have won the division so I feel like he can definitely come in and do that for them but switching over to basketball there was a couple games in the NBA last night one game that stuck out to me I, I uh you guys probably didn't I miswrote it on the script but the the Thunder, no, not the Thunder. The Suns and the Mavericks played last night, and there's a beef. The there's a beef building there between Luka Doncic and Devin Booker. And how, what are you guys thoughts on that? Because, in my opinion. I'm thinking like Devin Booker, where was this like Luca said, like, don't wait until there's three seconds left and K D no just hit a big shot for you guys to talk mess then? Like, what are you talking about, guy? But how do you guys feel? I mean, I
0: watched that game too. That was first of all, that was an unbelievable game, first of all. I just want to get that out there. And seeing uh, you know, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker on the same team and then obviously Luca and Kyrie on on, on the opposite side. I mean it's literally all star it's literally all, like NBA all stars on one team. So honest or on two on both teams. So I mean, unbelievable game. But going back to your point about Devin Booker and Luca, keep in mind, Luca single-handedly defeated the Suns in the playoffs last year. So I mean, I guess maybe Devin Booker was still maybe trying to, I don't know, start some beep because of that. But I mean Honestly, I, I I like these two when they match up because honestly anything could happen. And obviously, you know, with the playoffs last year and how it went with Game Seven, and Luca just went just lights out against the Suns, almost beating them by you know forty plus points. I mean, I think Devin Booker still remembers that. And Definitely. honestly, yeah, I think he still remembers that. But I, and in the back of his mind is like, I'm going we gonna make it to the playoffs this year, but we are not gonna get beat like that ever. And I mean ever. But I mean it's playoff it's basketball you know you're obviously there's going to be a lot of confrontation so I mean
1: other than that unbelievable game but I'm 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 not surprised by by the altercation between those two yeah Devin Booker definitely remembered last spring and these two teams are going to be fun to watch Kobe just mentioned I mean it, it's an all-star game with some of the players that are out there you got Kyrie Irving and Luca on one team yeah. and then you got Kevin Durant and um and Devin Booker, I mean, that's... Chris uh, too. Yeah, that's a, that's a three-on-three NBA blacktop on NBA 2K. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those, really. are, those are some high-caliber teams and wouldn't be
2: surprised to see if that chirping goes on in the playoffs. Definitely. And then one more game I wanted to touch on before we get out of here is the Lakers beat, without LeBron, beat the fully healthy Golden State Warriors last night. And, I mean, that was a great game. And it's what it's, we've been asking for from Anthony Davis, a dominant performance. And how do you guys feel about that? I mean...
0: I know uh, I know we always talk about how Anthony Davis is always, you know, fragile and stuff when he like makes contact and stuff. But I mean, he played an he finally played an unbelievable game. And I honestly, if he can keep playing like that, like he can, then honestly, I think the Lakers will be fine. But the thing is, is that both the Warriors are in a playing spot. The Lakers aren't. So, I mean, this is going to be. Really, really interesting back and forth between those two because, honestly, the play-in, like, any any team in the play-in is wide open. A, a loss could really just bump you up,
1: like, in a heartbeat. Yeah, you talked about the play-in. The Warriors have been an interesting team to me because, I mean, sometimes I, whenever I'm watching them, I just feel like, all right, this is the Warriors team that we've, that we've grown used to. And then sometimes it's just, like, who is this team? The Lakers, I think, after the trade deadline, they're – they're improving themselves, but as Kobe just mentioned, 11th, I believe, is where they're currently sitting at. Yeah. So the Lakers still do have some room, room, for, room for improvement, but, I mean, the West is wide open. I mean, there's, you lose one game,
2: and you could be moving down like three spots. Literally, man, but before we wrap things up today, we're going to throw it to Joey for an update on the weather. It's currently 72 degrees outside. It is
1: cloudy. It, it, the sun will come out in a little bit, so the spring – the springtime is coming. Yesterday, I had a chance to go to Sewell Park when it was about the same weather and it was a perfect day to be outdoors so if you're looking to go out and get a little bit of a tan or just just kind of enjoy the outdoors make sure to go do that today because the high will be
2: 82 and a low of 58 all right thanks joey but that's going to be all the time we have for today's episode be sure to keep up with everything sam marcus and texas state related by following us on instagram twitter and youtube at ktsw sports for kobe jackson joey gonzalez i'm Orlando Smart. Thanks for listening. We hope you tune in again same time on Wednesday and have a wonderful rest of your day. But for now, let's get you back to the other side of radio.